Chapter 1. The Sioux Isles. Novus 4971. King Mai was in prayer. The wind whistled in the ancient chimes in the palace gardens. Mai sat cross-legged in a pagoda, perched above the blooming flowers and curving old paths. Eyes closed, he hummed the hoi shens, the prayers of shens. He had been raised on these hoi shens, just like every other one of his subjects. He knew the words as if he had written them. They came to him in a low-humming tune. To shens I pray for my family, for my people. To the gods of all, shens has provided prosperity and life. He opened his eyes, facing the cape which was painted in gold from the setting sun. Mai breathed in, held his breath for a few seconds, and slowly released, listening to the peaceful rings of wind chimes. With the prayers done, there was time for tea ken shi, meditation and tea, a centuries-old tradition, reward for hard prayer and good service to the gods. There was a palace servant waiting with hot nanguo tea on the walkway that stretched from the main palace out to the Shenzhui pagoda. Nanimai had always been fond of nanguo tea, grown in the prosperous fields of neighboring nanguo. It had a sweeter taste than any other that was grown in the far south, especially in King Nani's own nation of Sulu. The tea here came from the Sulu plain in the west. It had a unique taste, Nani gave it that, but it was more bland than the naturally sweet nanguo tea. He turned and nodded to the servant who quickly, yet elegantly, took his steps toward the king and poured him a small cup. Nani watched the steam curl lazily upwards and dissipate like spirits in the wind. He gave a light blow on the hot tea and took a small sip, feeling the warmth on his tongue and filling his mouth. The sweetness was pleasant, as always, like a kiss from your love. There was peace. But peace was broken. Minister of War Koi An was running as fast as he could. He had news from the far southern isles the Sioux Isles, a place of great contention. King Nunny would want to know of this. The Easterners from Upfelden had delivered 3,000 soldiers to their bases in the Sioux Isles. The House of Sulu and the Upfelden Republic had a rough history. From Upfelden's war with Sulu in 4922 to their invasion in 4949, the two nations had been mortal enemies ever since. The Upfelders were practicing empire in a faraway corner of the world just because they could. It worked for them, too. After the war in 4922, they seized the southern island chains of the Sioux Isles and Limo Isles in a backwards treaty. Sulu could not win the war, so they had to give them something. In fact, Upfelden had even gone to war with Sulu's ally of Tokugara in 4931 in the Dolomen Islands. The Upfelders were industrialized, powerful, and had resources to expend, but no good reason to use those resources. After the last war in 4949, the Upfelders agreed to never increase troop numbers over the already present 5,000 Marines. That treaty had just been broken. Koi An nearly collapsed when he arrived at the pagoda. His thin frame heaved for air as he folded over, hands on his knees. King Nani stood, feeling the flowing hoisu he wore flap in the wind, the silky fabric caressing his skin. His minister of war was wearing the Taesu the traditional suit of ministers to the king. It was a simple suit of black pants and a stiff-collared black shirt with the peloi, golden dragon, design flung around the collar and down the center of the shirt. My king of kings, he was panting. Koi straightened his back and held his head up. Minister On. The king's voice was quiet. He stroked his beard fashioned in the tradition of old kings. It was short around the cheeks but stretched it down from the chin reaching his chest. This was called the Sulai, or King's Headbeard. 
the Upfelders. <coughs> he coughed. Excuse me, my king of kings. Enough with the formalities, Nani said. Yes, my king of... Quake caught his words and continued. The Upfelders have just deployed 3,000 more of their marines into the bases in the Sioux Isles. This is cause for concern? Yes, they have violated the Bow Pact of 4949. This cannot go unpunished. What do you suggest? I suggest an attack. They have broken an honored treaty. They have violated our trust and lied to the Dolman mediators who oversaw the negotiations with the pact. Broken honor does require actions. The Sulu Sen says so, sir. Koi spoke with conviction. The Sulu Sen were ancient laws passed hundreds of years ago during the Sen era. The Sulu Sen had codes of honor, loyalty, and religion. Apfelden had just broken an ancient law of diplomacy in the Sulu Sen, and King Nunni would have to follow the law and react. A punishment would befall Apfelden. Is a military assault a justifiable punishment? Why do we not impose economic punishments? With all due respect, sir, the only trading we do with the Upfelders on an international scale is in tea and grains. They would be able to just as easily find a trade partner in both if we agreed to halt trade with them. That would leave us the fools. What of a negotiation of the treaty? What if we recapture the Limo Isles in agreement to raise the maximum amount of troops allowed in the Sioux Isles? Sir, we must not put off what is just only because we are afraid. The right choice has never truly been made through peace. That is our lot. So if it must be an attack then, Nani spoke with his eyes looking down. He was never one to prefer violence. He saw rebels killed in droves in the streets of Ainway, and as a boy, throats slit, heads removed from shoulders by the sharp blades of Sensalai swords. He remembered the blood pooling in the streets, rivers of it, emptying into small gardens across the city. It took weeks for the stuff to be all cleaned up. Very good, my king. I shall discuss it with the ministers this evening. Our attack will be devastating to them. He bowed and said the ancient words, Harugan Mai, and left. King Nani turned to see the bloody orange sun dipping below the horizon. He began to pray again. <laughs>